Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to XO Higher Self. It's me, Bunny Michael. This is our third episode. I definitely feel like we're starting to catch the podcast workflow. Things are going really well. We're getting a lot of great feedback, and I'm loving the variety of questions you guys are sending in. I'm not able to answer all of them, but you know, they are just so beautifully said and so vulnerable. And it's just really like inspiring to see all of this honesty and sharing all of this. So keep sending them in. I've had a pretty tiring week. Um, it's been really hard to sleep because I don't know if you are living in a big city, but what's happening right now is that there's fireworks going on, a tremendous amount of fireworks being set off um, in in Brooklyn and in other major cities from dusk to like three in the morning. And there's a bunch of rumors going around that it's state sanctioned, like cops are sending off fireworks or giving away fireworks to sort of wreak havoc in our communities and cause all this internal conflict. I'm not really, I can't confirm that. All I know is that it's been kind of rough on the sleep pattern and there's a lot of partying going on. So we've been moving from sleeping in the living room to get away from the noise back to the bedroom. But either way, I know that this time period, um, this moment in history, this pandemic, we're going to look back at this time and think, wow, like, this really shaped our lives. You know, this is a time of awakening and within all of this change and all of these realizations, I am very, very grateful for all of its challenges. And I know that you are too. I'm recording this in the bathroom. So yeah, we are all just doing our best over here trying to make it work. All right, let's get started on the questions. Hey, Bunny. Um, I have a question for you regarding to friendships, loss of friendship, and um, I guess loss of community as well. I recently fell out of a friendship of with two people that we were friends since high school. And I don't know, we just kind of went on different paths um, in the sense that I... It, it didn't feel like it was serving me anymore. And I finally had a really tough conversation with one of the people of this friend group stating that I don't think it's beneficial for us to be friends any longer. And it hurts. <laughs> it hurts me. 
a part of me can't help but feel like this is the wrong move and I'm doing something wrong and I'm uh, terrible for destroying a friendship that was 10 years long. But there is a small voice in my head that says it's fine. What are the things that I can do to amplify the small voice saying that this wasn't a friendship that was serving you and you should move in a different direction? Just because you're ending the friendship doesn't mean you're not going to feel a sense of loss and need time to process that loss. Similar to when we choose to break up with a romantic partner, it doesn't mean we don't grieve the relationship even though we know we had to move on. You were friends for 10 years and became friends at a very impressionable time in high school. It's really common to outgrow relationships from childhood because they were a good support system when you had maybe more in common and were struggling with the same issues like school and parents, etc. But now your life looks different and you need a different kind of support. So I would really be patient with your feelings right now, even if it's kind of painful doesn't mean it's wrong. What I think will help you accept this choice is to remember it's not just that they can't meet your expectations, the type of friendship you know would work for you. It's that you also know you can't meet their expectations because you've changed and you want to be accountable for the ways in which you're able to show up. Because it's not just about what's best for you. And that's what higher self or the perspective of love is. It's the lens that sees what would be best for everyone involved. Your higher self knows that you can love them better from a distance and cherish the relationship better and accept them for who they are rather than staying and growing resentful of how they can't meet your needs. I'm not sure how that conversation went with your friends, but I think letting them know how you will always cherish the times you had together and how truly grateful you are for the ways that they supported you over the years is really important because this choice is not a referendum on who they are. It's really about who you are and you knowing that you need to move on. And if they're upset with you and hurt by your choice, you also have to accept that and not try to pretend it's not happening in order to feel less guilty. The guilt comes from not wanting to hurt them, but truthfully, staying in an inauthentic relationship for longer and not being honest about your real feelings is way more hurtful in the long run. You're doing the loving thing. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, My name is Elle. I'm 35, and... um, have been following your account for about a year and I I love it so much and so many things speak to me and I send a lot of your work, um, I share it with my friends and people I care about, but I'm finding it really hard to apply some of the principles of higher self to my own life. It's like uh, I'm standing in front of an extra door in my heart that once I can open it will... um, start to have more of an understanding of of who I am as a complete individual, but I'm also really scared of what's behind that door. Um, I am have always been in relationships my whole adult life up until recently, like a couple of months ago, and am struggling with my identity of who I am as an individual and not to other people and what I can offer others. But 
what I can offer myself and was hoping that you could help me with that first step. Uh, thank you so much. Love your work. Okay, bye. I'm really excited for you for this new phase. Being single is a blessing and that you can have this intimate time with yourself and, you know, trusting what's happening to you that it's what you need is such an important step. And it seems to me that you already have a great perspective on that. The thing about relationships is that we tend to forget that we spend all of this time giving another person love and we don't give ourselves enough credit for what that actually takes. It might seem like you don't know how to care for yourself or love yourself right now, but you totally do. You're very well practiced in the act of loving because it's very similar. In fact, if we treated ourselves more like how we treat the people we love, we would be in much better shape. Higher self is speaking to us like a best friend who wants the best for us and is a totally compassionate teacher. I wrote a meme that says like, me, I'm lonely. Higher self, I'm learning how to enjoy my solitude. It's okay that it feels scary to be alone. I mean, you're not used to it. Don't judge yourself for having apprehension at doing something that feels really new. Anything that's worthwhile takes a bit of courage. It's like that cliche, you have to be afraid before you're brave. It's cheesy, but it's true. I think our culture doesn't value solitude the way other cultures do. But it's sacred. It's so important to our healing and to our inner peace. Yes, you're probably going to face some new challenges. Maybe you're going to think some thoughts that don't always feel good. But all of that is just part of the process of learning what your needs are and how to cultivate the inner joy that has been waiting for your acknowledgement and attention. There's a certain kind of bliss that you can only experience in solitude. And it's in that place that you realize you're actually never really alone. You're part of a whole. Something so magnificent and so loving that words cannot come close to describing it. You're actually way more than you thought you were. You're eternal. And the place you meet that expansion is within. It's not without. Trust me, it's safe there. It's your home. It's a refuge. It's like you've been carrying this soft, cozy love cloud in your heart where you can rest, but you've been ignoring it. It's time for you to stop ignoring your love cloud. It's missed you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, Bunny. Um, I'm seeking advice on how to speak with my mother, who's a Trump supporter, um, about racism. And this is a topic that she and I, I mean... It has come up for years every time I bring it up. Um, 
yeah, she denies that racism exists and it generally escalates. Um, and I think I, I definitely play my part in the escalation, which is something I've really recently tried to not do. Um, but nevertheless, recently the conversations we've had have been like explosive levels of you know, escalation and like defensiveness and even a sense of like she, I think she feels betrayed that I like am getting involved in activism and I like do really care um, about black liberation and trans liberation. And um, yeah, I just feel at a total loss with like how to move forward it like it doesn't seem like she's trying to learn or like uh, I mean I'm learning also through all of this and I'm unlearning also um but yeah I feel really responsible to um shift some of her like all of her views actually and it's not it's not happening. Um, and yeah, I also have some reg- like feelings of guilt over like wanting her love and acceptance while also knowing that like she's a bigoted person. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a tangled web that, that I could use some guidance on. So yeah. I appreciate any thoughts you have on this and thanks for listening. As someone whose dad is a Republican and watches Fox News, I know how you feel. I know how it's hard to have these discussions and be desperate to change our families' minds, especially our parents. And what I've learned is that it's important to manage your expectations and keep in mind what your goal is in having this conversation because a lot of other issues tend to get mixed up when you're having these discussions. And what I mean is we take it really personally and it unconsciously becomes about all the times our parents didn't listen to us or when they didn't respect us or we didn't feel seen. And that's also what's happening on their end. Here's their child who's telling them what is right or wrong when it's been their child to tell you what's right and wrong since the moment they raised you. So the roles of child and parent, which are already really hard to detach from on both sides, are inhibiting the actual communication from happening. And with all of this emotion wrapped up and all of this past stuff wrapped up in it, it's no wonder why it escalates and no one can break down that wall and actually begin to hear each other as individuals. Higher self or the lens of love is very focused. It's a light that guides our path. And when we focus on what love wants us to do now, which is in white supremacy, We can stay focused on the task at hand and not our own personal grievances because that's a different conversation. And the priority right now is the protection and emancipation of black lives, trans lives, and people of color. 
with that in mind, here's a few things that you can try to remember before engaging in this conversation with your mom in the future. Number one, you might not succeed. If you go in with needing her to agree with you, you're going to feel like you failed if she doesn't. And you didn't fail because you stood up for what is right. And that's not a failure. The fact that she's not accountable to her own racism is not your shortcoming. It's hers. Number two, your mom loves you and you love your mom. Parents love the best way they know how, and they mess up a lot. They hurt us, but that doesn't mean that their love for us isn't real. It might not always be easy, but it's always there. And you wanting that love is sacred and beautiful, and it doesn't make you complacent to her racism. It makes you her child. The boundaries you might need to protect your own feelings and principles are not in conflict with that love. They just enable you to protect yourself from hurt. You're in charge of your own boundaries. If there's a time when you feel emotionally unsafe or want to take a stand by limiting your time with your mom because her lack of care on these issues, that is absolutely something that you can do. Number three, you once thought the way that she did. You're learning and you were able to be open to admitting when you got it wrong. Well, your mom has like decades on you in that respect and admitting to being wrong for people who haven't wanted to look inside themselves, probably on a number of issues, not just their racism, aren't going to all of a sudden change at the pace you want them to. And you can't compare their progress on the same timetable as your own. Number four. It's easy to be mad at them for making you racist and raising you that way. But they were raised that way as well. And the more you yell at them for that does not move the needle forward on ending white supremacy any sooner. Number five, they are not an extension of you. Any family member who is behaving in a way that makes you cringe is hard to bear because a part of you feels like it's a reflection on you because you are connected in this familiar way. But you're your own person. You're not them. And their inability to see you isn't going to hold you back. I'm going to link some more resources on my site, um, some literature. Some, there's some really good books out there about how to speak about racism with your family, with people who are very much, um, very well versed on the subject and lots of studies about it and things like that. But um, I hope that these tips were helpful to you as well. And I want you to know that you can be empowered in this work. And that power comes from the love within you that sustains you. And I'm sending you lots of love. And remember, you're not alone in this. Hi, Bunny. Uh, just been listening to your podcast, and I really appreciate the time that you spend helping other people. It's really inspiring. Uh, my question for you is: How do you how do you deal with something that you've done in the past, something that 
that you're just not proud of. And it's, I mean, it's really complex. It's like, how do you forgive yourself? How do you move on? How do you, you know, how how do you handle this thing coming up at you every single day, making you think less of yourself? And um, I feel like I've forgiven myself, and I know it takes time and, uh, you know, I'm still softer about it each day, but some, sometimes it comes back and it hurts, you know, all over again. And it's, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. And yeah, I, I just wanted to leave that question there and, and hear what you have to say. And maybe you can share some of your insights. Thanks so much. Bye. There's a lot of ways that people define forgiveness. And the way I look at forgiveness is reaching a point where you can view the issue or the situation from a place of compassion. Compassion isn't condoning harmful behavior. It's seeing through the behavior to the root cause of it. That way we can see it has very little to do with who we are and everything to do with who we're not. We make mistakes when we stray from the path of love. We hurt other people because we want to feel like we're better than them. And that's the result of living in a culture that teaches us there's a hierarchy in worth. So if we feel diminished or have a low self-image, we get really desperate to rise above it and we put someone else down. The same part of yourself that made that initial mistake of hurting the other person is the same part of you that now uses it as a way to make you feel less than. Only from a place of empowerment can we move beyond the roller coaster of guilt and shame. So if we continue to shame ourselves, guess what? We will hurt other people because we treat people the way we feel about ourselves. Everyone has done something that they're ashamed of. Everyone has made mistakes. The more accepting we are of our humanness and our ability to mess up, and our ability to say when we got it wrong, the more grateful and gracious we will be with other people and will be less vulnerable to straying off the path of love and possibly hurting ourselves or others. So focus on being kind to yourself. The voice that keeps reminding you of your mistake is just a mask for your addiction to beating yourself up. It's no longer even about what happened, honestly. It could be telling you anything. You know, it could tell you something else that you did wrong, you know, that you don't look good enough, that you don't have enough money, that you'll never accomplish anything. The language your mind uses to put you down ultimately isn't really the point. The point is to just put you down. And when you start to see this pattern of self-punishment and how little that it actually even helps and only causes you misery the easier it will be to not believe in its power. Hi, so I'm going through a breakup during the pandemic, and I was wondering if there was anything that you had, any wisdom or advice. I'm going to have to be moving. And, you know, on Valentine's Day, I had major surgery, and it's been a few months of just dealing with trauma that's come back, and it's just been really hard. I'm trying my best to tell myself that this is temporary and that I won't always feel like this, but it just feels like with all the pain and suffering in the world that I don't know how to take care of myself because I feel it all. And I was wondering if 
you know what that means, like to feel everything at once because I'm pretty sensitive. So thank you. Hope that you're having a good day. Sweetheart. That sounds so hard, you know, to be having surgery plus this breakup in the middle of all of this chaos. I know most people right now are feeling really overwhelmed with what's going on in the world on top of our own personal dramas. And as a sensitive person myself who feels a lot of the pain of the world, I know how you feel. Let's look at this through the lens of higher self. This breakup needed to happen sooner rather than later. And so did the surgery. And I'm so thankful that you're in the process of healing both those scars. As you already know, your relationship wasn't working. So the longer it would have dragged out, the more painful the process of breaking up would be. And what I think is important to keep in mind is that you don't have to rush getting over it. You need to allow yourself to feel that loss. And a lot of times we feel this pressure to move on quickly because our egos hate to feel rejected. And they'll turn this breakup into a failure rather than the truth of what it is. It's a gift because it's a detour from a path that wasn't leading to your best self. You weren't so much grieving the person. I think in breakups, we aren't so much grieving the person we lost as much as we're grieving the expectations and the hopes we had for the relationship. But those hopes aren't gone. They're just taking a different form, which is a microcosm for what the whole world is going through right now. We thought the way we were doing things was working. We thought we could predict the future. We thought we would have this job or this relationship. We couldn't have predicted we'd be in the streets fighting for justice. We couldn't have predicted we'd realize how truly connected we are as a global community because of a pandemic. This stuff is hard, but it's necessary. And the way we get used to being in this unknown space, which is actually what true reality is, we have to lean on our own support systems. And they don't happen automatically. We create them ourselves. So I want to ask you, what are your support systems? Are you reaching out to friends? Are you being nice to yourself? Are you doing things that you know will uplift your spirit? I had a surgery in November that I'm still adjusting to and healing from, and it's affected so much of my life. When things change in our life, we have to adjust how we care for ourselves. Maybe you used to lean on your partner, but now you lean on your friends and your family more. You don't have to do it alone, but you are in charge of creating an environment that will best serve your inner peace and acceptance of this moment. We're all in the process of relearning what care looks like, both on a personal level and a collective level. And it's actually so beautiful to finally know that and define it based on love. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that you can start supporting us on Patreon. If you become a Patreon supporter of 
uh, $5 or more a month, you will get access to our very special monthly video episode that is exclusive for Patreon supporters. And I'm really excited about sharing the, um, the videos with you guys. It's going to be really cute and really fun. So yes, follow us on Patreon, sign up to help us support. There's a lot of different rewards there, including the exclusive videos for Patreon supporters. Follow us on Instagram, please rate and subscribe, leave a review, tell us what you think. Um, don't forget to send us your questions, email voice memo to exo, higherself at gmail. Remember that we are all in this together. And as much as sometimes we might feel alone in our struggles, or our insecurities, or our negative thinking, just know that that's an illusion. And we're actually all part of this beautiful whole and we're healing together and we're lifting each other up. And I really care about you and so does your higher self. Okay, see you next time. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.